Welcome to Talk the Dog, the show where we find a bone to pick and a take to give. These are not hot takes. These is dog takes. Can I talk that dog? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in on a Tuesday evening. Is it Tuesday? Welcome in on a Tuesday evening. We got a little new segment, okay? Y- y'all know every week I get I get stressed and impressed on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Whenever pressers are available, um, your boy be just like sprinting in here, like fresh hot coffee made for, for the wife. Shouts out, by the way. Um, fresh off of Kirby's presser, fresh off of players' pressers, all kind of good stuff. Driving over here, walking right out of the car. And I always take copious notes, okay, when we have to do these things. Um, I don't know why I even have that because I can't even drink it because I got to talk for the next hour and a half. So it's, it's no point in even sitting here. But anyways, I got a bunch of notes from Kirby's presser today. Figure why? Why not just give them to you right off the top? We'll call it hot pressers, hot off the pressers, right? Hot off the pressers was the name of the te- the segment that I brought to you today. Um, first off, right off the top, we got a Kirbyism today, and when I hear Kirbyisms. We write them down. Hell, we might we might start putting the damn things on the board if they're good enough. All right, here's the one right here. Quote, repetition is the mother of all skill. How about that one, boys? I like it. We like that one? Yeah, I'm digging that one. I'm digging that one, too. We might put that one somewhere, all right? Repetition is the mother of all skill. It's something that we've talked about here. We're getting better and better over and over and over again. It's about reps, right? It's about reps over and over again. Shouts out to Kirbyisms today. Also found out the good news, all right? Kendall Milton took the black jersey off this week for the first time all camp. You know, I think it was the third practice of uh, fall camp. Kendall Milton hamstring, hamstring tightness, right? Automatically, like, third practice uh, in. We, we, we have some issues there. Took the black jersey, which is the non-contact jersey, off this week. Sounds like he will be good to go. It was, it was interesting. Yesterday, he gave us an 80 to 90% grade. Today, it was, hey, black jersey off. We're good to go, ready to rip with Kendall. Said the same, uh, the kind of a different tone with Dejon Edwards. Obviously, dealing with a sprained, ham, or a sprained MCL right now on his right knee. Uh, still in a black non-contact jersey. I'll be interested to see if they give us any uh, practice availability this week. The first thing I'll be looking for is whether or not he's got a knee brace on. Okay, so last time we saw him at practice availability, don't know why the FUBO remote, uh, remote, remote sitting right here. Shouts out to the Pac-12 network. Um, anyways, everything's all messed up. I'm ADD. It's all over. Every, every little thing, every little thing I got to fix. Um, anyways, back to him. Uh, we're going to see if practice availability, if I see him without a boot we'll, or without a knee brace, we'll know. Like, hey, dude's ready to rock. Dude's ready to go. I think he's going to be fine either way. Sprain MCLs happen. So, you know, it's just tweak knee, basically, is a, is a glorified term for a tweak knee right there. Um, it was also interesting. It's always interesting to listen to Kirby Smart talk about their operation, trying to get little nuggets on how they're so successful, why they're so successful, what they're doing differently. Um, particularly when you hear guys like Daniel Holgrimson, who have been coaching football for 25 years, say things like, nah, Georgia's on a whole nother level. They're doing different things than the rest of the sport. So when you hear him talking about the copious amounts of glorified walkthroughs is what he called them. Glorified walkthroughs that they have throughout the year that they're permitted nowadays with the NCAA. It's impossible, A, not to be prepared for fall camp, and B, not be ready to go. Like, not, not be in the right places at the right time. So there's not a lot of slow install. There's not a lot of slow nothing nowadays. So listening to him talk about those glorified walkthroughs, I remember walkthroughs when I was in college. I hated them. Always thought they were a waste of time. Tells you how good 
I'm not going to take a shot at my coach's dad. That sounds terrible to do right now. But anyways, they're not wastes of time at the University of Georgia. They're not just actual walkthroughs. He called them glorified walkthroughs, right? They get purpose out of those things every single time they're out there. It was also interesting for me to hear him talk about how he thinks they're really thin at wide receiver. Okay, we've been talking, talking, talking all offseason, which, by the way, he might listen to the show. He definitely has listened to the show in years, you know, weeks past. Certain things like commitments, things like that. But he definitely pays attention to what the media in general talks about. Okay, because when he talks about things like, I hear y'all saying all the, how, how, how deep we are, how great we are, wide receiver. When I think we're thin. That's acknowledgement that like, hey, I'm definitely listening and paying attention or or noticing what it is that you guys are putting out in terms of the narrative in the media, right? He, he, He certainly is one to want to control the narrative. He's a control person. He wants to control everything, right? Um, so yeah, it was interesting to hear, hear him say today, I think we're really thin. He said, I think we got six or seven guys. And he said, if you went back and looked at us in the playoff last year, I, I, maybe I misheard the quote, but he said something about 95% of snaps with three wide receivers on the field. Okay, I think that was during the national title game, most likely because Darnell was hurt. You remember Darnell was pretty banged up. So I I think most of that had to do with the fact, you know, uh, uh, that case right there. So interesting to hear him say how thin they were. Also, a name this network's going to have to get to know because I'm intrigued now because he told me to do it. Dog with a bone here. All right. Pete Jenkins, uh, he mentioned, uh, not a name I've heard. Can you Google Pete Jenkins over here for me, gentlemen, and find out a little bit about him? Because Pete Jenkins apparently is the father of defensive lines, coaches at least. Um, Kirby ran out of stat today, said he is the father of over 120 football coaches at the defensive line position around the sport of football. That is absurd. Now, he said he's kind of a dinosaur, so he's an older guy. I would imagine it looks like we're, we're finding some results here about Mr. Pete Jenkins. But I was, we were directed, hey, somebody should do a feature on him. We're going to have to do a feature on what the hell Pete Jenkins has got. Is there any way we can run down Pete Jenkins, gentlemen? Uh, well, he started his coaching career at Warner Robins High School. He coached all the way from 1964 to 2017. Ooh. Ended as a defensive line coach at LSU in 2017. Won an NAIA national championship. He's from Macon, Georgia, and his alma mater is Western Carolina University. All right, look, man, that, that's a lot of mingling and, and tingling with a lot of roots that I've laid down in my young 28-year career so or, or lifespan on this earth. So there is a possibility maybe we can get – my man Pete Jenkins on um, somehow. Any of my Warner Robins folks down there, down you know down in South, down under, if you will, uh, let me know if you know of a, a Mr. Pete Jenkins. I'd love to have him on because when you're, it was about a question about Trey Scott. When you're, when you're a father of this many smart and great fo- and talented football coaches, you got something. You, you got a little, you got a little something in terms of magic uh, that 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 everyone needs to hold on to, or at least it sounds like a bunch of people are grabbing notice of or grabbing a piece of. So I want me some of that as well. Y'all remember that time, you know, that time this spring when I was like, man, Nolan Smith, first round draft pick, that's crazy. Like I, I don't see that. Stat- statistical production was there. Pass rush bag never really there. Great in the run game. Holy hell, insane in the run game. Turn and spill like a some bitch. You know what I mean, like. Y'all remember me talking about that? Oh, yeah. All right, well, there was about 35 to 45 seconds today in Kirby Smart's presser where he basically said he had the same eval of Nolan because they were he was asked, like, how are y'all replacing Nolan? You know, not only from a leadership standpoint, but from a playing style standpoint, with rushers particularly. And he was like, I think there's this misconception about Nolan because he was a first-round draft pick. You know, Nolan's a first-round draft pick because of how well he played in the run game and how physical he was and, and, and all of these different things. And I'm like, Bro, 
Kirby and the film guy shared an eval on Nolan Smith. How about him? It's got to make you feel a little good inside. And I mean, we've seen, we've had disagreements in evaluations in years past. So, I don't know. It's not confirmation of anything other than like, yeah, I've basically been saying the same thing for months. And people are like, oh, but watch him test. I'm like, yeah, he's always tested well, but Mm -hmm. where's the bag? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What you got? You got anything? Nah. All right, I'm going to get back to it then. Um, Also, I asked him, hey, coach. Since you've been here, I'm interested to hear your take on how this offense has gone through an evolution. How has this offense changed over the years, in your words? And he basically gave me a rat-a-tat-tat of the players that I've had. Listen here. Started, you know, we got Sony and Chubb. I got Sony and Chubb in my backfield. I'm going to run to piss out the football too, right? So that's what we did, kind of answer. And then he says, then we start progressing into our regime here. He didn't say regime. I use regime. Into our time here. And now all of a sudden, guys like Darnell Washington and George Pickens and Brock Bowers are showing up at a regular and at a premium. And we've got lots of these weapons now all of a sudden. And our, and our, our talent base and our talent pool has now kind of transgressed over here and, and changed into this area where we need to kind of do these types of things. And then he ended with a comment of, and it's also due to the coordinators. Well, the only coordinator change he's really had, he had, he had Chaney um, and then uh, Coley. our boy Coley, and then obviously Munkin, and now Bobo. Well, the only real coordinator change was from the, the two guys to Munkin, and now this is the new one. We haven't seen any results here. So the change was to Munkin, and Munkin in years past has prioritized the passing game, particularly when in college football whereas Mike Bobo has as well, okay? Mike Bobo, if you check years past, and I think you've done the biggest stat dive on him, Jay Will, he's about 54% pass, if I were to say, over yeah. his career. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. Does that check out? Yeah, it definitely checks out. I think, and there was always this misconception about it specifically because when you think about that era of Georgia football, you think about the running backs that came through and you kind of think about Georgia being a run-heavy offense, but he was pretty balanced and a little more heavy on the passing. It's always funny. Um it's always funny when Brooks is live tweeting while live broadcasting. Um, no, it's always funny. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I think I've said this on, on air before, but and forgive me if I have, but all those first-time sense graphics on all the, the television broadcasts we've been watching the last three years, first-time since. Uh, first-time Georgia's had a 300-yard average passing quarterback since. First-time Georgia's thrown for 4,000 yards ever. You know, that's a new one. First time Georgia scored over 40 points per game since, right? All the senses were since Mike Bobo. So mm-hmm. we're about to see what it looks like now. When I mean, he's got – like, there's not even a, a close estimate comparison between the offensive talent he has now in, in, in totality, right? In years past, it was, hey, we got a great receiver. We have a great quarterback. We have a great lineman. You know what I mean? And, and, and maybe we have three or four great players. They had what fourteen all SEC football players on the on the preseason yeah. ballots. <laughs> that's some that's some different kind of talent for these dudes. Uh, Smile Mondon apparently is back at practice. Don't expect him to play though. Don't bite that bait. I don't I don't, I don't expect two to roll out there. Why 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 not just let eighteen get some run? You're going to need eighteen this season. You're going to need Xavier Sorry to play and play well. Smile's been dealing with a foot injury since the spring. Let's get him 125% healthy before you roll him out for a football game this year, particularly a football game that matters like, you know, South Carolina, week three. Uh, Kamari Lasseter, it sounds like he's going to play. It sounds to me like Kamari's been in a non-contact jersey just for the purposes of being in a non-contact jersey. 
I asked him the key to walk-ons since he's been at the University of Georgia. Like, hey, man, y'all got, y'all got a gift here. There is something y'all are doing that is unique to the University of Georgia. What is the deal? I mean, you look at it. It's like three or four guys every single year that are going to compete. Obviously, most famously, Stetson Bennett. But it's been guys like Dan Jackson. There's been guys like Makai Muse that are going to play this year and get some burn. Um, and I'm obviously missing a couple off the top of my head. Uh, Terrell Foster is going to get some run. Cash Jones is going to get some run this year. There's been very, very important football players on this roster that have gotten legitimate minutes, national championship minutes. What was the key to it? And, and he just, like he normally does, gave a credit to the state of Georgia high school football um, and to his staff. And I, I truly believe this. I, they take a very Belichickian model to, to scouting and evaluation. They evaluate everybody. It was a prime example. I won't mention his name, but there was a wide receiver that was at Walton High School that's now at Rice University. Okay. Georgia, I mean, this kid was never going to play at Georgia, ever. But Georgia had an eval on him. Georgia had watched the tape. Georgia had done their uh, due diligence. Georgia had done their homework. Georgia had done stuff that Western Kentucky wasn't doing on, on, on that kid. Georgia had done stuff that Tennessee Tech wasn't doing. You know what I mean? Like, got, Rice felt like they stole that kid. Georgia did research on him, did evaluations on him. So it, that's one out of a million examples of them digging deep on the evals. And the addition to this is, and, and not a shot at previous regimes. I know of other college football coaches and other coaches that do a lot of like, you know, Kirby Smart coaches camp. You know, come on, let's get all the seven, eight-year-old kids up to camp. We'll put them up in room and board. We'll charge mom and dad $1,100 for five-day camp. And we'll just rack in the cash for the program. You know what Kirby Smart does all summer? Kirby Smart and his staff all summer, Friday, Monday through Friday during observation periods, have kids on campus going through workouts, going through camps, doing seven-on-sevens. I'm talking about high school kids. They're not doing all this, come, come take a photo with coach, you know, co- coach will sign a ball, we'll give out awards. No, none of that. It's evaluation, period. So there's not a he, – he used the term today, no stone unturned. It's 100% true. They evaluate their nuts off when it comes to high school football players, and it's why they have such success. There are no secrets. We've told you that on this network for a long time. Welcome in to tonight's show. we got a great one for you guys playing today. Um, I love Hot Off the Press. I think that's, I think that's a good segment. Um, you know, just just bullet point notes. I think sometimes I get I get way too, you know, organized. That's not where my brain needs to be. My brain needs to be just rat-a-tat-tat what's happening in. You know what I mean? Yeah, some organized chaos a little bit. If you, Ooh, like That's that. what it is. We call that amoeba defense. You know what amoeba defense is? You know what an amoeba is? An amoeba is a, a, a constant, ever-moving being, an amoeba. So when you have a defense that is an amoeba defense, they are doing this, right? They're never in a constant lineup. You know who plays an amoeba defense? Georgia. UT Martin, baby. UT Martin plays an amoeba defense. How about it? I don't think I need this coffee right here. Welcome in. We got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to set the bet. All right, we're going to explain set the bet here in a little bit. But basically, I ain't even going to explain. We're going to explain it here a little bit. We're going to talk about some players to watch tonight as well. Um, And we're going to do Tuesdays with Terrence. Our boy Terrence Edwards is going to join us here in a little bit. As a matter of fact, now that I think about it, I got to get through um, over here and check this link so I can see my boy when he joins us here in just a little bit. Um, want to give a quick shout out to the fam and to the folks over there at Prize Picks. Uh, using promo code Brooks today, you can sign up, get 100% deposit match. What does that mean? That means the moment you sign up and sign in using promo code Brooks, you will get matched. One hundo right there on the spot, right? Put 50 in, you'll get 50 back, right? So you'll have 100 in your account. Pretty simple. 
promo code Brooks today. Don't believe we have a pick today. No football. We're going to have picks soon. Mm -hmm. um, there will be player props, uh, not only on this show tonight. How about them? Um, but there will be player, player props available come Thursday. Uh, and probably don't forget, tomorrow. Probably yeah. tomorrow. We'll talk them tomorrow. We'll pick them tomorrow. That's a good call there, Jay. We'll, we'll pick them tomorrow, and we'll talk about them. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that game as well a little bit tonight uh, on the National Hour. But th there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of college football coming up, man. We are, we are dead thick in the middle of it, baby. Mm -hmm. You got yeah. a smile on your face. Yeah, it just makes me there. excited to hear there's college football coming up. I know, man. Especially with the, with the, the gambling addiction you have, man. Dude, my mom watches this show. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mama Kirby. That was a joke. I'm not addicted. He's not addicted. He's no more addicted to gambling than I am coffee, and I only drink like six cups a day. Oh, great. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. Two cups. Max. Yeah, all right. Let's do this. Let's set the bet. All right. This, this segment's pretty simple. All right, so this is how it works. I've tracked down the biggest analytics company in the world. All right, I ran down the biggest dork I could find, the biggest, thickest glasses, the nicest Texas instrument my, uh, calculator. All right, I mean, this guy's on point. Last year, his prediction method and his model, all right, they call it the GUT model. This model was 100% last year. It's the graphics utilizations tactics, all right, better wise known as the gut metric. All right, this here gut metric, this here gut metric don't miss. All right, so this here gut metric, is going to tell us, we're going, to, we're going to put a little input in, we're going to get a little output of this gut metric, and this gut metric is going to tell us exactly how many yards each player is going to have. And then you, as an audience, are going to tell me whether or not the gut metric is high or is low. We're going to go over, under on the gut metric on these players' statistics. All right, it's pretty simple. At the end of the year, we will give out an award, all right, to those who made the best, let's call them bets, on the gut metric. All right, we're going to go through a list of players today. And I went through some, some giveaways. For those of you who haven't caught on, we're just doing over-unders on player props. I just call them the gut metric because we're going with our gut on setting the line because prize picks hadn't set it. Anyways, um, what, what should we give away? Because what we're going to do is we're going to have the audience basically say that, you know, we got a, a list of player props, all right? You're going to go through. I got, I got seven of them. So basically it's a seven-leg parlay of player props. The person who hits the most is going to get some type of prize. Now, what is said prize going to be? Let's talk about it. The password to your Twitter for 24 hours. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is never happening. Not even just like one tweet? I mean, it can't be that bad. I've had some, I've had some stinkers. <laughs> but we, we, have, we have a no-delete policy. So, like, Ooh. we have a no-delete policy, policy. Now the edit, the edit button's coming around. We definitely don't need yeah. any type of deletes. What if we just give them a little guest appearance on the show? I see a lot of people are camera shy, to be honest with True. you. True. Because you, know you know how I learned this? I used to put, I used to put out links in the Discord mm -hmm. and say, hey, come join us. Only rule, got to have a camera and, you know, got to have a shirt on. That's it. <laughs> it's like simple, basic rules. And, you know, they'd be shook. Like, well, as soon as, for as, soon it, as they see it, they'd be shook. Maybe if they're up for it. I think that's an option. All right. Well, any, any other suggestions? Signed potato by you. I was going to say something signed. We got the guy in here every other week. That's Aaron Murray. We can get a signed Aaron Murray football. Something people actually want. Maybe Terrence Edwards gets in on it. Too. Yeah, maybe Terrence Edwards gets on it. You know, not necessarily for second place, but for another giveaway. Yeah. Um, I, I like that idea. Um, 
You know, how about a credential like that's been used? I don't know if we can move the camera over here. We don't have to. I got it right here. How about you know, a, like so? We got we got a bunch of old oh no, <laughs> we got a bunch of old credentials. You know, yeah. I don't know why people would want that, but it's nostalgic. You're not getting the natty yeah. ones, but we got some special ones. Mm -hmm. You could do a pair of your J's. Absolutely not. <laughs> what is up with you, man? Let's just give away the Twitter and let's <laughs> give away hundreds of dollars of pairs of shoes. Just one. Just one. That's what I'm saying. Multiple hundreds of dollars. Not yeah. to be out here. You just don't know sneakers, do you? They don't make a pair of J's worth less than 150 bucks nowadays. Yeah, Christian's very much a flip-flop Oh, no shit, I see him every time he's in here. <laughs> and then, don't hate on the flops. Bro. I'm not hating on the flops, And man. then your nurse shoes, is that what you call these? They are. They're literally, nurse shoes. they're literally nursing shoes. I got them at the outlet mall for 20 bucks. Okay. Nursing shoes. Gotta love it. <laughs> Boys out here, uh, wilding and styling. So, it, 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 it's simple. All right, that, we're, we're probably going to give away an Aaron Murray football uh, on the giveaways here. Punishment for you two, because I'm going to make you pick both of these. Um, loser has to wear a suit for a whole night show. All right. Both that's hours. it? That's it. Both hours. Oh, that's suit light hour. work, dude. I mean, what whoa, do you want to do? Whoa, I mean, whoa, if whoa, I make whoa, you whoa. rent a tux, I'm going to end up having to pay for it. Yeah, no, not like but a tux, but he just, like, why are you complaining about it then? Like, why are you I'm not complaining. Bear? I'm just like, saying that's a, easy yeah, punishment. That's what I love. I love the, you know, here's the punishment. What? That's not near bad enough. Yeah, yeah you got to make it worse than that. No, you're an idiot. Yeah, no, I'm not on board with that. I'm I'm cool with it. I you don't strike you don't strike me as a hey teacher. Didn't we have homework? Kind of kid. Why why would you? Yeah. Why I'm would not. you want a, st a stiffer punishment? Teacher, this this test you was glut, not hard You're a glutton enough. for punishment. That's what you are. No, nah, I wouldn't say that. It's I just, mean, he does bring his own grilled chicken, <laughs> and he does work out tremendously. You know, that's funny, though, because he's he's trying to get you to give away your J's, but then he's also telling you, like, we need a microwave down here. He's yeah. trying to empty the pockets, man. Give away money, spend money. Anyways, uh, we got a segment to get to. I like that. I like that. It was good camaraderie. It's just shit on Kirby night, <laughs> bro. Just, I mean, Christian Kirby for sure. We would never shit on the Kirby around here. Damn, um, I'm not even the Kirby anymore. I even gave, I even gave your government name out, man. Second time on the show. That's a punishment for me. Government names can't be doing it. Can't be doing that. Can't be out here talking government names. Um, yeah, we you left your wallet here, dude. We were going through your wallet. Chill. Look at your ID. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jay, Jay was looking at all your credit cards. Dude, what? There's a lot, a lot in there. The, the, you know. I was yeah. just concerned. There's actually a lot of debit cards, not a lot of credit cards. It's all there. The gut check. Here we go. All right. It's player props. That's what it is. But it really is the gut. It's the uh, graphic utilization tactics. All right. That's what it is. Uh, Carson Beck, 3,800 yards. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That is the first one we're going to talk about here. We don't. Should we just rattle them off first and then talk about them? Or yeah, rattle, rat, them, off rattle them off real quick. All right. Here we go. Here's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we got a bonus eight leg parlay here for the season. Carson Beck, 3,800 yards passing. Brock Bowers, 999 yards receiving. Uh, Pop, as we call him around here. Some of you might call him something resemblance of JDJ. 65 tackles. Okay, he had 45 last year. Malachi Starks, three interceptions. Dominic Lovett and Lad McConkey both set at 800 yards. Michael Williams, seven and a half sacks. Damon Wilson, four and a half sacks. And here's the bonus. All right, if there's any tiebreaker, this is the one. All right, total number of Kirby Smart swear words caught on television. Ooh, that's a good one. Total number of cuss words by Kirby Smart caught on television. Um, typically, standard number is about one and a half on that, if we were to set it. But it's the bonus. So give me your guess on that one. I'm going to guess like three. I was going to say three. I think we're going to get an MF, uh, a GD it, okay? Mm -hmm. Definitely a GD it. Um, and a shit. 
Is for it? sure a shit. <laughs> so this is just on live TV. This is just on live television. Okay. You know, c- coming off television break, going to break, hot mic over Kirby's head. He doesn't realize it. God dang it, Warren Erickson! You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I got you. By the way, how's my, how's my Kirby? Is it it's coming good. on? You have a good Kirby. It's, yeah, it is coming All right. on. All right, we're working on it. The, I, the screaming I, I Kirby is. Sometimes. I feel like the screaming Kirby is easier to get down than just talking Kirby. His yeah. cadence is very. Screaming Kirby's pretty. You're good at that. Yeah. Screaming Kirby is relatively easy for me. Yeah. But yeah. So any of those we really, really like. Let's, let's get back to talking about this. Um, obviously, the total number of Kirby swear words. We love that one. I'm mm-hmm. going to go three. I like Give three. me a magic number off the top of the head. I'm going two. Let me write these down on the show sheet so when we dig it back, we got it. You went two, J. Will? Yeah. How about you, Kirby? I went three, too. I like All right, that. three. Uh, Damon Wilson, four and a half sacks. Under. Under for Jay Will? I'm going over. You're going over? I'm going over as well. I think he has right on the five. Um, it was set at four and a half because that's what Michael had last year. Okay. Um, so we're kind of tracking him versus Michael. Now, the difference between Kell's freshman year and what Damon's got to go through this year is that Damon obviously has a bunch of other outside linebackers to compete against. Um, not so much with uh, Michael last year. Obviously, they had to beat out Tramiel and guys like that, um, but not a ton. It looks like Terrence is trying to join in there. Yeah, he's in here, I think. All right, his screen's dark, so we'll get to him when we get to him. Let's finish up this over-under segment. There he is right there. Um, all right, any other props? I know I didn't, I didn't prepare you on these. How about that pop one, 65 tackles? He had 45 last year, okay? So I know he feels like a tackle machine. Just was, solo? Just No, that's total. He had 45 total tackles last year. I know, every again, Everyone thinks Pop, JDJ, huge tackle machine, had 45 first I'm, year starting. I'm going to go under on that. They I, are a team tackle defense. They're, okay. they're a team tackle defense one, and he's not going to play in his many fourth quarters this year. Mm. Like, I don't think he, he – he played Missouri last year. He, he wasn't injured either, was he? He didn't no. miss a game. So, no, I'm going to go under. I don't think there's a 15 tackle difference in the amount of playing time he's got this year. I think he plays less this year just because fourth quarters. I think I'm actually going to go over because if you track the inside linebackers at Georgia over the years, every single one of them has increased their numbers mm-hmm. at, by the time they're a second-year starter. Like every single one of them. So I'm going to especially go, the Mike linebacker. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go over just off of that. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and bring Terrence in. We'll get back to these here in a little bit. I don't want to keep the all-time leading reception guy uh, on the hold. That's kind of rude. Um, and I actually want to ask him a little bit about uh, one of our player props, and that being. Brock Bowers, let me know when you got him. I know he can look at me through the, the viewing window here. Um, um, anyways, I set that line, uh, Brock Bowers, 999 yards on purpose, obviously. Uh, wanted to see what I, – I, we can obviously hear him. Is he on the stream? I can hear him in the studio here. He's on the stream. You're just setting him up, getting him nice and square. Terrence. Uh, do you think Brock Bowers has got a chance of going over a thousand yards this year? Yes and no. Uh, I agree with the not playing in the fourth quarters with Pop. So he's able to play four games, and they're going to probably play fourteen games. Uh, I say he finally gets a thousand yards. I think not only that we've talked about it ad nauseum. I feel like here. Um, You've seen Mike Bobo's career. I know. I think you missed him. I think you missed Bobo by a year. So maybe he was an analyst or something along the lines there during your time. Um, Quarterback but, coach. Yeah. Okay. So so but, but Bobo's career uh, tr- like track 
says that he feeds like one predominant dude. He's going to like get one guy the ball a lot, as many times as he possibly can. Um, and Brock Bowers is never one to walk into coach's office and be like, coach, um, I need more or less touches. You know, like some kids early in their career, they're like, coach, I need more. I need more touches. Coach, I need the rock. Coach, I need the rock. And then their junior year when they're a first, you know, top five evaluation, it's like, hey, coach, I don't necessarily need 15 touches today. Let's make sure not, I don't get too much of a workload, right? Let's make sure I protect myself. That's not going to be the case this year uh, with Brock Bowers. We haven't played, you know, I play a little ball, but I didn't play it at, a, at your level. I'm curious what the vibes were like, what the feelings were like going into a football game, the first one of the year, Terrence, for you, um, particularly in your college years playing for Georgia. It's excitement. For one, we know camp is over. So <laughs> back then, we know camp was a little different than it is now, the two-a-days and the three-a-days. So we knew that uh, school was about to start. Uh, students was back. So, you know, for, for the football players, new girls on campus. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, for my, my senior year, we, we, we knew we was playing Clemson the first game. So that was uh, probably one of the most anticipated games in my career uh, heading to the, the season opener. How'd that game shake out? I'm not old enough to remember. Oh, we beat Clemson uh, that year. That's the, my senior year where we ended up uh, with 12-1, and one, uh, only losing to Florida uh, that year and beat Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. Say less. Um, all right. Now, this is the complete opposite. You open with Clemson that year. This is a question about knowing when you're like 99.9% .9 chance to beat a football team. What, what's the vibes like? You know what I mean? Like I, I was the team that was always getting dubbed up like that. So when team, when teams were about to play shorter, they were like, "Man, I can't wait to be out second half. Can't wait." Quarterbacks hat on the sideline. You know, offensive linemen get to, you know, maybe unzip their pants a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, so what, what was the vibes like when you knew you were about to just absolutely drum up a team? And did y'all have any scenarios like that in college? Um, I think my, my very first game, my freshman year, we played Utah State. So for me, it was just the excitement of playing college football. And I went 10 for 196, two touchdowns my very first game, by the way. Uh, what was that again? How many? What did you have? 10 catches, 196, two touchdowns. Very first game ever playing receiver. Mm -hmm. 196 and two touchdowns. So I. I just thought, man, this college thing is easy. I'm going to do this every week. And, and you know, it, it humbled me very quick. But I, I, I can tell you this right now. I think this season is a little different because even though they're not playing Oklahoma as they were scheduled to, Georgia got a lot to play for. Um, they have to look like Georgia football and Georgia standards week one. So they're trying to do something that – no team has done since like 1932 with the Minnesota Gophers. So each week for them is, is just different than any other time in Georgia history because they're trying to do something, you know, epic. And I, I think that is the message. I think, you know, this is going to be a, you know, that one of those cupcake games. But each week Georgia has to come and play and, and look good doing it. Do you feel like – like there's no real I, as a media analyst it's hard to get up for this season like schedule you know particularly to start the year i do you think south carolina like presents a challenge i do i, I do think uh they present a challenge i think uh spencer ratliff you know played very well down the stretch the south carolina team played very well down the stretch so 
you know, they're going to come in you know, hungry and believe uh, that they can play with us. I truly believe that Shane Beamer has those guys believing that they can compete with the likes of Georgia and the Tennessee for the East. So that's going to be the first test. I think we got two cupcakes, then South Carolina. So I think the schedule sets up perfectly for a quarterback like Carson, who's coming in for a yeah. first-year starter. He got two games that really, you know, could gauge where he's at uh, before he go into a first SEC game. And luckily, it's at home. Um, and if you ain't never been to South Carolina or played at South Carolina, uh, that is a tough place to play. So I think the schedule, we all talk about how weak it is, but it really sets up for a, a person like Carson when he's a first-time starter. Uh, did you ever play in Columbia in August or September? We did. I think that my senior year when David had the crazy interception off uh, the quarterback's back, I think that was like the first, the second or third game of the year. We always played them early. And I think Steve Spurrier always made a joke about you better catch Georgia early because they normally have two or three of their starters suspended for the season. So we always played South Carolina at the beginning of the season. I, the only reason I asked that because Saturday at that Douglas County and Mays game, it was the hottest football game I've ever been a part of. And every time I say that, the only people that ever combat me are Georgia fans or Georgia beat reporters or anybody that's ever been affiliated with Georgia football that's gone to Columbia and played out there or been out there during a game in, you know, in September. Because apparently it is what, just ungodly hot. Well, that year we played them at night. Mm. And I can't remember their uh, – the second game that we played them and what time, but I truly, the, the game that we played my senior year, we played them at night. Must not have been that hot then. Um, uh, no, it wasn't at that least hot. For you. <laughs> uh, do you have any pregame routines? Any, any rituals? Anything that you did every single game? Uh, I can remember NFL days because that's the last one I played that I, I did. The, I had the same routine. I'm, I'm very superstitious when it comes to you know, football. So, um, I home games, I went to the same subway, got the same sub, uh, ate it at the same time every game. Uh, so that was my, my pregame ritual for home games. And I, I did the same routine. I got that at the same time. Um, I wore one pair of cleats the whole year. I practiced in them. I played in them where everybody else had thousands of cleats. You know, I played in one set of cleats. Uh, so I had a bunch of uh superstitions but just my routine i listen to the same uh pre-game playlist for about five six years straight do you remember any of the songs on it uh probably most of the ti and lil wayne that a boy hell yeah that was the stretch dude man i i'm a big Lil Wayne guy i play i me in here all the time I, i'm a big routines guy myself um, these guys would tell you. I listen to like the same four songs in here every day before the show starts. Uh, big routine. I used to wear the same gear home and away. Like I would have a home unit uh, that I would always wear for all home games. And then I would have an away unit for all my away games. So like my girdle was the same for all home games uh, and, and, you know, away games. But my socks, like my, every, my pants, everything that was like different for everyone, but it's the same. So very ritual. Um, played with a guy in college that would uh, – Tie his or put his left sock on, then put his left cleat on, then put his right sock on, then put his right cleat on, okay, and then like count off his deodorant swipes. He would go like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, and he was OCD as hell, 
um, but was very, very ritualistic in this sense. So I, football people are weird, man. A lot of them are. Um, what was the weirdest teammate you ever played with? Uh, I, I definitely had some weird one. Um, uh, remember his name, but he, he would like wear his pads the whole time in pregame. Like he would just walk around and look like it. I, I had some weird ones and, and done some weird things. I actually had teammates that would like urinate on themselves during the game. It was like, it was. I'm not going to go into the bathroom, so I just urinate on myself during the game. They just think it's sweat. So I've, I've had some weird teammates that do that do weird things. Bro, no, we won't. We will not think that's sweat. No, we will not. No, no, we will not. We will not think that's sweat, cuz. No, never, ever. Um, damn, I thought I was going to top you with the one random dude on every single team I ever played with that was always naked. There was always that one dude in the locker room that was just always butt-ass naked. Cody, you know who you are. Cody, you were always naked, man. Four lockers down. Didn't need to see it. Don't need to see it all the time, man. Good Lord. Put it away. Um, anyways, Terrence, um, thoughts on this weekend, man? What do, what do you need to see? What are you wanting to see? Uh, I'm looking at Carson. I'm looking at Carson Beck. You know, now he's the guy. He's the full-time starter. Um they're putting this machine in his hands right now, and I, and I believe that he's ready. I think he's waited his turn. I think he's, you know, he's sat back behind Stetson and just learned the game and learned how to play and understand what college football is about. So I'm just, I'm just waiting on him. He, he has a lot of talent around him. You know, the best tight end in probably college football history, definitely Georgia history. He has a slew of weapons on the outside with Dominique Lovett, Lad McConkey. So he has everything. Offensive line is solidified. Uh, we 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 got to see who's in the healthy enough to play in the running back position. Uh, so I'm I'm looking to see what he's doing. One thing that I'm looking to see is how uh, my good friend, who's I've known for a long time, how Mike Bobo runs things. Um, people criticize Mike a lot in his first stint at Georgia. But Bobo hasn't had a defense like this when he was the offensive coordinator here. So if he gave me what he what he gave me when he was here before, averaging 36, 38 points a game, uh, with the defense that we're gonna put out there, then I'm you know we're gonna win a lot of games. But you know the quarterback position is the most important position on the field. So I'm looking to see how Carson handles adversity and just how to handle things as the guy. Terrence, where does that come from, the Mike Bobo hatred? We've talked about it on this channel. We don't necessarily understand it because all the dude's ever done is score points and a lot of them. Um, I mean, 37 points per game. I don't, even, I don't even think Kirby's offenses have averaged that over his eight-year span here. So that would be an improvement based off of just his standard. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be last year's monkin', but, like, you put up 38 points this year, 39 points this year. There's but no as the OC, he still, he, he still has the record for the most average or the highest average in one season. Correct. Still. So if you give me what you gave me before, I don't care how you score points, but if you give me the 37, 38 points a game with the defense that we are going to have, we're going to win a lot of games. Terrence, who we got this week? Uh, at Milton, we're off this week. About time, man. Y'all been so, traveling yeah. the globe, bro. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to go down and watch my brother at my high school. Uh, so I'm going to go home and watch him. Then we're back next week, Peachtree TV, Roswell versus Milton. Oh, big Cobb County matchup there between those. That's not Cobb County. That's uh, 
Fulton. North Fulton. 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 Yep, North Fulton. Hey, Terrence, appreciate you for being on here, brother. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, thank you. See you, man. That is Terrence Edwards right there. Um, always great to have my boy T.E. on here with us chatting it up. Boys, what would you think about it? What did the chat think about it, first of all? They look kind of quiet. Yeah, they had a little quiet. We still got some Terrence love in there, though. I yeah, mean, how can no. you not love Terrence he, Edwards? He definitely remembers that player's name. He's just not going to say it. The, the weirdest <laughs> Yeah, one. he was like, I don't remember his name, but I remember he wore his pads around and pissed on himself all the time. You don't forget, <laughs> you don't forget that guy. Yeah, you do not forget that name. Bro, Peter pees on himself. You definitely <laughs> don't forget Peter, bro. <laughs> Peter's not peeing on himself in third quarter. Nah, but respect. Was he think he was a NASCAR driver? Yeah, like what are we doing, dude? Like, bro, just call from the corner. We got we got something for you. There's a place for you to <laughs> pee out here somewhere. <laughs> Good lord. Um, yeah, dude, weird teammates. Lots of them. I played with them. Yep. Um, weirdest teammate you ever played with? Any sport? You got one that sticks out? We had a guy that would just like, I mean, this is cliche, but bang his head into the locker yeah. constantly. Played linebacker, didn't he? Mm, yeah. Yep. There you go. I mean, some stereotypes are. I mean, there's there's you know FBI profilers for a reason. You know, certain things connect. You can connect psychotic behavior to psychotic behavior required positions on the football field. You know what I mean? Ain't no long snapper banging his head through a fucking locker. You know what I mean? <laughs> centers centers aren't doing it either. You know what I mean? Nose tackles maybe. Mike linebackers definitely. Like absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even think right off the top of my head. I didn't play with anybody super, super weird. Um, how about you, Jay Will? I had a guy before every game. And he, you know, I've heard about, you know, pregame deuce. You know, I've heard of that one before. This dude yeah. had to strip down completely naked every time he went and did his pregame deuce. Every time. He'd Bare take ass. Off. Every time. Had to take it like he made it. Yep. Hmm. I always thought that was a little weird. I had a funny story. I, I don't know if it was a ritual for him. Uh, but I hope it was. I hope it wasn't the, the, the moment. I hope the moment didn't get him. I hope it was a ritual. But my junior year, I played for a, a state title. And uh, you play – back then we played it in the old Georgia Dome. And you used to not have – nowadays the, the Mercedes-Benz is big enough where they got locker rooms for each team, like actual locker rooms. They're not actual NFL locker rooms, but they're like spare locker rooms in the stadium. At the Dome, they didn't have such things. At the Dome, you would literally get dressed in like a, a, a square, like, you know, room with, you know, chairs on the outside, just a big open room. And that's how you would get dressed for football games. And then you would go in, the, the bathroom was directly across the hall. So I'm, I'm going to the bathroom and I'm doing my thing and I'm, I'm washing my hands and all of a sudden I hear the just most god-awful ratching, just, just getting after it, bro. I'm talking about just letting it eat up in that bathroom. And uh, next thing I know, you know I'm, I'm, checking my, I'm checking my eye black. I'm doing the thing because I'm a little pretty boy and all that. I'm checking my tape. I'm making sure I look good, all this shit. And uh, next thing I know, my head coach comes walking out of the stall. He was in there yakking his guts up, bro. And he looks at me. Okay, he washes his hand. Does say a word. Washes his hand, smiles, looks over at me, finishes up, slaps me on the butt, says, hey, let's go get him. And then act like nothing happened. Now, we got our asses beat, but I don't think it was because he was nervous because I think it was maybe because they were just better than us. Mm. So. You know his breath was stinking the entire game. I, I hope it was a ritual. Kenny, if you watch the show, I want to know. Um, so, anyways. Uh, hey, if you're watching right now and you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button. You guys, I mean, y'all do a great job showing up watching the, the, the video. Y'all stick around. Y'all don't play around. We had, uh, you know, record-breaking metrics last night. Y'all show up. Y'all show out. Just 
hit that thumbs up button, man. Just right, ding. Just like that. Just hit me with one of those right there. Um, let's get back to these player props. I don't think we hit them all. Do you think Dominic Lovett and Lavin Conkey both go over 800 yards? I don't think they that's, both do. That's a lot. I think. Well, here's why I said it at that. Dominic Lovett had 862, almost 900 last year. Lavin McConkey had 765. So 800 means one's going down, one's going up. So who's it going to be? I would probably take Dom over 800. If I had to pick one, I think, yeah, that's what I'd go with. I don't know if I would take either, honestly. Mm. Not because, obviously, not because of the lack of their skill. I just think there's so many more people on that offense that are going to yeah. eat this year. That's fair. Because, I mean, you have, you have you also have to count in Rara Thomas is going to be there. Marcus Strauss, I mean, Jack Sands is yep. going to get his. There's a lot of receivers on that defense that can eat. Not to mention Brock Bowers is going to get the majority of those touches. And I everything think. we know about Carson doesn't sound like he's a uh... – like, JT and Pickens clearly had a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, ba both very freelance football players, both kind of, you know, willing to lock in on one another. Both free spirits. Both very, very in tune with one another. Um, but Carson and, and Stetson was a little bit like this because even Kirby mentioned something about it today. Processors don't care. Processors take the best option. And whatever the best option is, it, it's the best option. And, and what that leads to is a spray. And what you guys are talking about, it's a spray chart. You know, if you look at a shot chart of a shooter in basketball, it's all over the place. You know, same thing for Carson Beck this year, same thing for Stetson Bennett last year. You know, I asked, you know, one of the answers to, to when Kirby was asked about the evolution of his offense since he's been there, one of his portions of his answers was about how many different guys touch the ball for them offensively now. He said they would come off the field, you know, last year and years past um, under Munkin where it's like, damn, nine guys touched the ball today. Nine guys had a reception today. Six, six, seven, eight, nine guys had a reception today. Um, whereas you go watch some other programs, and if like, it's no shot, but if Ohio State was in a, a, an absolute nail-biter right now, Marvin Harrison would have 12 receptions, Abuka would have 10, and then two or three guys would have a reception apiece. That's what mm -hmm. it would look like. That's mm -hmm. what the spray chart would look like. That's not what it's going to look like you know, necessarily ever at the University of Georgia, I don't believe. And really, over the last two years, Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey were really like the only two mainstays on the receiving corps. Like, you know, A.D. Mitchell went through an injury. Arian Smith was stayed a little banged up. Marcus Rosimi Jack Saint was kind of going in and out. So, like, they just had a, a sludge of guys that were kind of rotating in and out while Lad and Brock were really the only two guys that just consistently were out there. So, that's, that's why I would take the under on both of those. Malachi Starks had more than three interceptions this year. Mm. He had two last he year, right? He had two last year. I don't know. I don't, it's yeah. tough. It's a tough line. I don't think they're going to hey, throw I'm his telling you, I'm telling you, the gut, the gut is strong. The gut don't miss. So watch out now. I'm going to say, I'm going to say under. You're going to say under. I'm going to say over. I think he's a playmaker. He and is. you know, last year, and it's not that he had to get. He 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 never came off the field. That's a, that's a lie. It's not like he's going to play more snaps this year. I think he's maybe going to have more opportunities. I could see him getting three, but I don't know if I could see him getting more. So. Here's why. Here here here's my answer. Okay. Chris played a ton of center field safety last year, a ton. I think they're going to leave Malachi to do that over Bullard, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I would agree. So he's got more grass to cover, more balls to impact, more interceptions to have. Take the over. How about that? Doing prize pitch jobs for him. I mean, out here just setting the lines, and they're stern. I mean, none of these are homer lines. I think they're all really, really hard to take. And you should take them right now, not in the chat, but in the comments so we can save them forever, okay? When you're done watching today's show, here are the lines. We'll put them in the comments for you, okay? Carson Beck, 3,800 yards receiving. Brock Bowers, or passing. 
Brock Bowers, 999 yards receiving. You're basically going to have to decide whether or not he's going to break Terrence Edwards' single-season record. Uh, Pop, as we call him around here, JDJ, 65 tackles on the season. Malachi Starks, three interceptions. Dominic Lovett and Ladd McConkey at 800 yards receiving apiece. Uh, Michael Williams, seven and a half sacks. Damon Wilson, four and a half. And the tiebreaker, the total number of Kirby Smart swear words caught on television cameras this year. Leave your guess in the comments. Closest guess gets our award, which is going to be probably an Aaron Murray signed football, if that's what you guys want. Okay, and if you want something signed by me as opposed to something signed by Aaron, I think that would be a stick in his crawl that I would love to just give him some shit about the next time he's in here. Okay, <laughs> so instead of him trying to steal my board and get his boss to buy one and and all this good stuff, making me go out here and, and get extra producers to, to help, you know, record his segment because it's too late to come in here and do it live. Murray. Shouts out to Murray, Just man. hella shade right now. Shouts <laughs> out to Murray, man. You know what? You know why Murray gets some shade? Because Murray's got everything I want. That's why. Murray, you got everything I want. You got everything I want. Um, and that's what happens when your name's Aaron Murray. When you play for the University of Georgia, when you have fucking records, that's what happens. You get to do speaking engagements. You get to work for ESPN. You get to, uh, you know, tell slappies that have YouTube networks, no, I'm not coming in every week. No, I'm not coming in live. Yes, you will do it at 10 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, you, mm. get, you get to mandate shit when you're a boss. Hey, we got football this Saturday. All right, first of all, hit that thumbs up button. I already told you. Ding. Do that one right there. Um, players to watch versus UT Martin this weekend. I'm a rat-a-tat-tat. I got a handful of them right here. Uh, Carson Beck, like Terrence talked about, is the easy answer. Um, but I honestly want to see all three quarterbacks. And if I see all three quarterbacks, that means Georgia has taken care of business like they're supposed to. Okay, that means quarterback number two, which most likely you would assume would be Brock Vandergrift, is actually probably going to get to run some offense, ideally in the middle of the third quarter, because you've handled business, like I said. All right, so... Most likely, Gunnar Stockton being the third quarterback, not going to get any attempts. That's how this works. The first guy blows the hell out of him. The second guy gets to run about a series and a half worth of offense. And then once the third guy gets in there, it's down set hut, hand it off. All right, so 14. Hopefully, you get a chance to do that Saturday. Um, and hopefully, we get to see how much Brock Vandergriff has developed while also getting to see what Carson Beck's going to look like this year in totality. Um, I want to see movement on both sides of the football, okay? This is UT Martin. I should see the offense and defensive line. The line of scrimmage, it should be reset, okay? Offensive line, that means take them, what are they, the UT Martin? Take them Skyhawks. That line of scrimmage better be three yards after a couple of seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Dudes better be moving, right, and better be moving north. Same thing on the defensive side of the football. I want to see the line of scrimmage reset. I want to see you guys dominate like you're supposed to. If you're one of these football teams that's supposed to be a line of scrimmage program, I want you to reset it on Saturday. And if I don't see that, that's a disappointment. We will talk about that. That will be a lack of execution misgrade for both sides of the football. Um, I want to see Xavier Sori. Okay? I want to see how he plays. Like I told you, I don't expect Smile Mind on to play a bunch. I want to see what Xavier Story looks like in his first career start, by all accounts. And uh, I think he's going to play not only a lot tomorrow or Saturday, he's going to play a lot this season, and I'm interested to see that. Um, and all of the pass rushers. I want to see all of them. Did I just take every single one of you guys' stuff? No, you said offense only today, though, didn't you? I did. It was in, yeah, the, it was in, it was in the notes. That's a good thing, because you didn't take ours. Yeah. 
Yeah. You stayed off so our track. That's all right. Well, either way, you know what? Miscommunications. It's all it happens. Either way, I, I think those are some, some key things to be paying attention to, um, particularly the pass rushers. When, how, where, right? What, how, how many edge rushers are you playing? I think they move away from playing three traditional defensive linemen this year, okay? I think they're going to play two interior defensive linemen and two edge rushers constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, not that they've been a, a, a jack and a DN football team, but it's been the DN and a four-eye and the jack and a wide seven. I think you might get back to playing maybe some traditional five defensive ends, okay? Stand-up defensive ends, standard NFL 4-2-5 type defense. And if that's the case, you're going to see a lot of edge rushers. I don't know if we see that unfold Saturday, uh, but I, I'm really, really interested to see what happens on third and long when stuff like that happens. Mm, yeah. What are we looking for, boys? We got, we got four minutes. Come on. All right. First one, I want to see the twos group on offensive line, specifically guys like Micah Morris, Dylan Fairchild, Austin, Austin Blask. We know that that first unit is solid, but let's see mm-hmm. how deep this offensive line really is, how talented they are. I think we'll get a good look at them this week. Uh, Oscar Delp, not specifically because I think he's going to have a sophomore surge type of season this year, but more so, how are they going to utilize him and Brock Bowers in the same lineup on the field together? I know that we talked. What's the 12 look like? Yeah, what's the 12 look like? What are they going to do? How creative does Bobo get? Maybe you don't get the full creativity back against UT Martin, but I think you get a glimpse of it. And then, yeah, I put the quarterbacks for the last one because that's so easy. You have to say it. But specifically, Vandergriff and Gunnar Stockton because you want to know who's that two guy, who's for sure it. So I had the running back room. I want to see what Roger Robertson and Cash Jones look like because mm-hmm. it seems like they're going to have to carry the workload at some point in the season with the way Kendall Milton and Dejan, Inger- Dejan Edwards are dealing with injuries. Then I have Rara Thomas. You know, there was kind of talks about fall camp that he was having trouble grasping the playbook. I want to see how involved they get him early on and see, you know, if he's ready for that position. And then, you know, obviously the ones is quarterbacks. But I predominantly want to see Brock Vandergriff more than Carson Beck. I think at this point we know what Carson Beck is capable of. We know what he's going to do. We've seen – Against the quality of punter like UT Martin. Right. We've seen that. I want to see what Brock Vandegrift can do in a game where he has to actually make decisions and he gets to run the offense a little bit. And he gets to get tackled. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so. it's the one – It's I, he didn't answer it. And I, he, I never expect him to. It's the one thing I want to know. And maybe I'll ask a different coach because they'll actually – and maybe I'll ask a coach off the record and they'll give me the answer. But when you're preparing a football team – and one of your quarterbacks is a six foot three, two hundred and thirty pound, kind of like really built football player. Like, go back and, and look at some of the high school footage of Gunnar Stock or uh, Brock Vandergrift. Just look at the man. He's huge. He's sculpted. He's got all of it. I mean, not to you know objectify the man right now, but like he is a physical dude. All right. So when a physical defensive end gets his hands on him, it's not always going to be the defensive end that prevails. And so as a coach. How in the hell do I ever evaluate that if I never throw the guy out on the field and let him cook? You know what I mean? So it's, it's a very interesting one for me. I want to know how coaches do it. How, how do you make an evaluation on this guy's better than this guy during practice when you're not hitting him? All right? And one guy damn sure doesn't go down every single time the dude touches him. You know what I mean? So we're blowing up plays. We're blowing whistles when that might be the best available of that guy. That might be the last ingredient for that dude to unleash something Caleb Williams-esque. You know what I mean? Like, how hard would it be to evaluate Caleb Williams if you had no game tape? You'd watch that dude in practice, and you'd be like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he bailing pockets? Why is he on the ball so long? Why, well, what the fuck's going on here? We're having to blow up plays all the time because guys are touching him, and they're all around. It's just how he plays. <laughs> and then once the game starts, it's like, nah, dude. 15 of those were blown up during practice. 15 of those were dead plays. We didn't even get to see what was going to happen post the defensive end just touching his hip. 
See what I'm saying? So I, I want to know those things. And the only way we're going to know those things is get to see these guys on Saturday night. It's a night game. Thoughts on playing UT Martin at 6 p.m. Because I know some people that are happy with it. I know some people that are like, what the fuck are we wasting a night game for here? Personally, I'm cool with it, especially in the month of September and August. So those early games in Athens, they get a little steamy. So if you can put that at 6 p.m., I'm cool with it. Shouts out to that Southside fans, man. Woo. That away side, that boy, that boy be getting sticky all the way through October. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be swamp ass by the middle of the third quarter, so I'm I'm fine with the night game in September, even hey, though it is UT Martin. If you catch me, if you catch me on Saturday, I'm probably gonna have some swamp ass. I promise you right now, because it's like mandatory pants now for your boy when I'm around that building. I got pants on today, Tuesday, five o'clock. I'm putting pants on. Just don't wear gray. No, no gray, no khaki. There you go. The swamp ass is guaranteed, though. <laughs> Just puddles. Hit that like button. Subscribe. We got, hey, hey, what do we got coming up? This, this is what I did last night. We had some good retention. We had some good turnover, okay? We got a bunch of y'all watching right now. We're going to see you in five minutes over on NBR. We're going to talk about who could be this year's version of TCU. We're going to give you three candidates for that. We got buy or sell national edition, okay? Ohio State named a starter. We're going to bring on a guest that knows a lot about Ohio State football. That's going to be giving you that. Boys didn't know that. That's a new one for them. Okay, we're going to preview the Florida's matchup against uh, Utah on Thursday. And that boy Nick Saban. He ain't releasing the depth chart. Why? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Love you. See you in a minute.